Hi, and welcome to a Sober Girls podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I have been through my own ups and downs with sobriety. And if you're listening to this, then you have taken the first step to making a change in your life and finding a community to help you through it. Now, let's start this journey together. fam what's up it's sherry this episode is going to be a little bit different than what we are used to i had started writing this episode back on the plane when i was headed home to my home state and it's just so interesting how things work out and this episode i was talking about and wanted to address my stressors um I haven't been home very much since I've been sober, and so there are a lot of different things about being home that can be a stressor for me. So, without further ado, this is going to be a episode which I started writing on the plane and actually comes to fruition, it's like I knew, (laughs) um, on Monday night. Happy Wednesday, fam. I know we have been going through the steps lately, and they are important, but just as important are real-life situations. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I like to do little life takes when I have things that come up or come to mind that happen in real life in real time. The point of these is to show that sobriety is live and in the moment, that the program has to be there because addiction is a living, breathing creature. As I write this, I'm on an airplane the size of a freaking tampon, and I hate these planes. They have the worst reaction to turbulence. They're super tiny, and I am five feet tall, so for me, it's not that bad. But my seatmate, he's 6'4 and completely miserable. He's in good spirits and funny, though. He agreed I can share a picture that I took because... He states, I don't have enough comments about my huge feet. I have shared the picture on Instagram for your amusement. I feel so bad for him, but he's a good sport. I digress. As I start my journey home, there are things that I'm absolutely looking forward to. Twins game, new friends, old friends, my family, sports rivalries. My husband is fearful for me going home because he worries about stressors. And believe me, I have them. Going home, I typically avoid places that either make me feel no self-worth, embarrassed, uncomfortable. That also means avoiding people who I used to use with or don't respect my boundaries, which will come up later in this episode. So basically, I have to start all over being home. However, I have now taken my life to Minneapolis. I have a new life there. I have friends who are basically like family and people who respect my boundaries. I still love doing things in St. Cloud, but I keep my mom close by and only really go to a few places. For me, stressors are more social and environmental. I can handle social media, but with caution. With everything going on in cancel culture, it does seem to be rampant. There is so much going on with Me Too culture, political division, 
polarizing issues, and sexual assault. So there is never a lack of content to make us feel stressed and anxious in social media, as well as in our marriages, relationships, work, school, friends. However, when it comes to stressors, my largest spiral comes from sexual assault. Reading it, seeing it, and a few months ago, one of my favorite baseball players was accused of sexual assault. I had seen a lot of it over the past few months, and especially the past few years. I am on Twitter, and Twitter is the most amazing app for me. I have met some of the most amazing people, and as a blog baseball writer, it's also great to talk with other baseball fans. But when it comes to things like sexual assault, I struggle. Thank God for the mute button. But it doesn't stop me from being curious. Curious because I want justice, understanding, and to not feel alone. I want to know that others have experienced what I have. That I'm not crazy. I have watched, and the rest of the world has watched, Brett Kavanaugh, the U.S. Gymnastics Olympic coach, and now Trevor Bauer. It was somewhere in between the U.S. Gymnastics coach and Trevor Bauer that I had a huge breakdown and I realized that I had been repressing all these feelings. I had done my step work, I had entered into therapy previously, and I am fully aware that one, it is not my fault, two, I can't change it, and three, that it does not divine me. I have never really had an emotional reaction like that, and I remember being in a daze for quite a few days, actually. It wasn't that it was my favorite player. It was the realization that it really can be anybody. And that hurt. And coming home to Minnesota, there was no sexual assault. There was nothing of that nature. But I did realize being home that people you think aren't capable of doing things truly are. And... From this incident prior with Trevor Bauer, now I'm frustrated and I'm sad and I'm very vulnerable and emotional at this time. Now, I'm not here to debate people's guilt or innocence. I'm simply discussing my stressors and triggers and my reaction of the news to sexual assaults and my emotions as they play out over the next coming weeks. One woman that I follow, her name is Abby, and she was a victim of a brutal assault back home in Minnesota. She is also sober and someone I would love to bring to this platform someday. She is very honest about her sobriety and her struggles. The most important thing about stressors is a program and a sponsor. I know I hit this all the time, but you guys, without a sponsor... Making it in this program just isn't going to happen. I'm not saying that friends aren't important, but when we are in a moment of frustration, anger, emotions, and disbelief, we need that person who understands our reaction and vulnerability. And my mistake that I will explain to you later on comes from going to my friends instead of my sponsor when the situation arose this week. My sponsor knows everything that I'm going through. I admit, at times, I am horrible with accountability. But I do know that someone else knowing how I feel 
takes a lot of the burden off of me. There's a part of the big book that states, we will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. And that is the truth. It's as true now as it was when I started. Before I got clean, I would not make good decisions. And I would purposely not make good decisions or care about how my decisions would affect anybody else. I was very selfish and self-centered and didn't care about anybody else's emotions but my own. I would submerge myself into my stressors or my situations that would lead me to drink. If I wanted to cheat, drink. Be fun, drink. Deal with being alone, drink. Deal with emotions, drink. You get it. Always an excuse or a reason to drink. Now, as I head home, I'm looking for every reason not to drink. Instead of surrounding myself with situations that would cause me to drink, I now surround myself with situations that create a safe space. But a safe space isn't always safe, and I would learn that this week. I still have to stay aware, stay focused, and diligent. When I go out, I do three things. Go with another person. Tell someone I'm not drinking. This creates accountability and someone to have your back in all situations. And three, tell your sponsor. These are not a fail-safe, but they are great ways to stay sober in a situation where there may be alcohol. Now, all of this being said, you need to understand that even with 11 and a half years of sobriety, I still take all these precautions. If you are new in sobriety, it is my suggestion that you talk to your sponsor and come up with a plan. If you cannot stay away from the drink, you need to avoid places that truly affect you. That may mean family events, weddings, and graduations. Yep, I said it. Avoid family. In my last episode, we discussed how some families can be a source of stress. And if they're not supportive, understanding, or there is unresolved issues, this will not be a good place for you. I fully recommend doing all the steps prior to attempting to re-enter a situation like that. As we sober up, become self-aware, we understand our stressors, our strength, and our weaknesses, and we are able to handle life on life's terms. When I go out, or even I'm alone, I don't have the compulsion to drink. I don't miss the hangovers, I don't miss the upset stomach, and being ill. There are going to be times when you have moments of nostalgia. One part for me is baseball and beer. There's nothing like baseball games on a beautiful summer day and having a cold beer watching your favorite team. But that isn't a drink issue. That's a nostalgia issue. Baseball actually is the one thing that grounds me. It's beautiful. When I'm at a game now, I don't even stress the beer. Just is this... The time we're finally going to win. I'm a Twins fan, so I'm sure a lot of you can understand that sentiment. The best part of being sober is not living in the past or creating new memories. I admit, there are days when I am self-conscious and I hold back. I still have a fear of rejection or disappointing people, but overall, I love the freedom of being myself. Last year, right before the pandemic, I went to Disney World with one of my friends. And if there was ever a time I was myself, this was it. 
We ran and skipped and sang our way through the park, collected pins, saw characters, took pictures, and created memories that will last for a lifetime. It's not about reinventing yourself. It's about finding yourself. I now look forward to new adventures, to being spontaneous, and having the clear presence of mind to be a good wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Stressors are normal. They will happen at home, work, school, social media, out with friends, anywhere you are. So it's important that you continue to work your program because you never know what will pop up. Since starting this episode, I have made it home. And I have had an amazing week so far. But it's amazing how when you're in the program that God or your higher power knows what you need before you do. I truly believe that this topic was put on my heart because I was getting ready to be tested and I didn't know it. The next part of the podcast is going to be very hard for me. So I am going to be recording and there might be parts where I end up getting emotional. But the best thing about that is that you are going to be able to see how things truly work in real time in sobriety. And when I'm done with this podcast, I actually need to call my sponsor and update her on everything that's going on because it has truly been a very rough 24 hours. I truly have had, so far, the best week. I met up with some of my friends at a baseball game and it was hands down the best time that I had ever had. A couple of years ago, I had met a couple of friends on Twitter. I am on Twitter for a number of different reasons, and these are some of the best people I have ever met in my life. They have been there for me through some of the worst times. People I confide in and genuinely trust. But this weekend, I was also shown the ugly, scary side of Twitter. I befriended a person who, when they showed me their true colors, they put me, my friends, and my family in a very bad situation. In an attempt to resolve the situation, I made it worse. What happened was I had invited someone out who I thought would be of decent character and due to the fact that they were sober or in sobriety, I had wrongfully, more than likely, assumed that they had worked the steps. I had hoped that their character defects were somewhat under control, or at least there was accountability and understanding. After looking back at it, I don't know if that was actually the case. And if you ever have an inkling or a bad feeling about something, trust your gut. Because when we do things that we think are kind or loving, that can be our own character defect. Our need for righting all of our wrongs in the past. Believing in people. Believing in the good in people. And I know for me that is a character defect of mine is to 
truly see the best in everybody and hope that people in sobriety will act as I do. The person that showed up made my group of friends very uncomfortable and I did not know enough about this person to expose them to my friends and that part is on me. That part is a decision I made out of wanting to be a good person and I ended up allowing someone who had ill intentions or at the least selfish intentions. When I ended up hearing from this person again, they were very angry with me and angry with my friends and said a lot of very ugly things. And in an attempt to resolve the situation, I made it worse. I thought I was handling it the best way I could without causing drama. The situation itself regarding the person didn't stress me. Because I'm used to dealing with people in early sobriety. I am used to dealing with narcissists. But it affected my friends and that's what bothered me. In an attempt to create that safe space I was talking about earlier, I caused harm. And this is what I mean by sobriety is a living, breathing thing. I cannot control what people think of me or my friends. But I can control my reactions. And even when you intend to do things for good, if we are doing it for ourselves or think that we know the best outcome, then the result will not be genuine. Now that I'm in the middle of this stressor, I reached out to my sponsor and let her know my sobriety itself wasn't in jeopardy. But I'm unsure how to handle the emotions in the situation. And let me tell you, if I didn't have a sponsor and a mature mindset, I would have been on the defensive and pointing fingers instead of owning my own part. People who don't work the program are more likely to not want to be held accountable, accept responsibility, or handle the fallout from their actions. Being able to work step nine is not easy. I thought I was telling my friends something that needed to be told. But I did not follow the rule when to do so would injure myself or others. So when I told my friends the fear that I had about this person, they immediately wanted to know why I would bring someone into their lives that is so toxic and had such horrible things to say about them. And the truth is, I simply didn't know. The person fooled me for over a year and I just simply didn't trust my gut. I wanted to believe in their goodness and intentions. So when it all fell apart Monday night, it caused a lot of pain. Admitting when you're wrong is hard, but it's necessary. Because without it, we build resentments, and resentments cause relapse. We relapse before the first drink. Do not forget that. One day at a time is all we are granted. Now, I don't know how the situation resolves, or however truly it's going to work out. I know I did my part to not just do damage control, but sincere, genuine step work. And I can only hope that it ends in friendships being healed again. 
I just want you to know that this is real life. This is how things happen to us. And how we grow in sobriety and work our program in times of stress and anxiety. We are not exempt from stressors because we quit drinking. I have learned from this experience a few things. Even good intentions can have poor outcomes. Working my program is vital. And just because someone is in sobriety doesn't mean they work their program. And it's okay to set boundaries with other AAs. I think the thing that I can take away from this the most and I hope that you can see as you've listened to my story is that emotional sobriety is just as important as putting the plug in the jug. If we are not being diligent about our emotions and pausing and reflecting and not reacting as much as we are about not taking that first drink, it becomes much easier for us. I really love these people. They are not just friends. They're family. They have taught me so much about not only what friendship is really like, but myself. I am a much better person because of them. And to know that I made a mistake and hurt their feelings really does bother me. And if you can take away from this anything about learning how to trust your gut, work your program, and knowing how to set proper boundaries that will protect not only yourself and your sobriety, but other people in your life. I hope that you can do that. We all have our own battles going on. And when we are trying to fight our battles and a new battle comes up, it becomes very stressful. And so we never know truly what people are going through. If their reaction to a scenario is putting up boundaries, we have to respect that. Just because we take step nine and make our amends does not always mean that there's going to be a happy ending. And that's one thing that you really need to understand. That even if we stay away from people, places, and things... We truly still can find those stressors and those old emotions and feelings. And we can create our own issues, even in sobriety. And working the steps doesn't guarantee that we are going to not ever make anyone upset again. Or that there's even going to be happy endings. But you will experience joy and freedom in knowing that you are doing the best you can in your program. Now, as hard as this episode was for me to record, I did promise you that we would be ending in a list of things 
and having an attitude of gratitude. Because as hard as this was, there are still things that are in my life that I am very grateful for. I am especially grateful for one of my friends reaching out to me to say, Hey, I know that you had good intentions, but at this time, I just have a lot going on and I need some time to process this. So I am grateful for understanding friends. I am so grateful for this time home with my family and I am very thankful for the program. I have so much gratitude for this program because as much as I hated what happened, it did give me the correct tools to not fix it, but to go back and work my side of the street. And that's the best thing that you can do. Keep your side of the street clean and just keep moving forward. And don't forget, you guys, we have said in AA for as long as I can remember that it's about progress, not perfection. We are never going to be perfect, but we can make progress in that quest for perfectionism. I really hope that you can see how my mess that I have for myself has become a message for you. Hopefully a message for you that allows you to go, oh my gosh, if I ever find myself in this situation, these are the things I need to do. Remember to pause, breathe, don't react, and talk to your sponsor. I am excited to come back and talk to you next week, and I hope that you end up having a wonderful week. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of A Sober Girls Podcast, where we talk about our experience, strength, and hope to give you a brighter future in recovery. Please do not forget to subscribe, follow, save, and download so you can hear next week's episode. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Sober Girls Pod and online where I put all show notes and information at a sobergirlspodcast.podbean.com. Also, soon you'll be able to subscribe to Patreon for additional features, so stay tuned. Until next time, fam, be well.